So you can, you can see that by this we want to, we want to be practical now also, while we are also giving the, the word that we are bringing. So we also want to be practical and we want to develop a lifestyle, a lifestyle of giving. One of the main reasons why we give is because, because of our calling. Right? What is our calling? Our calling is to be sons of God, the image of the invisible God, right? And Genesis 1 verse 26 says that God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. So the purpose that God has for mankind, for us, is to be his image, right? Is to, in other words, to represent him. Right? And, and the word image means that image speaks of that which makes the invisible visible. And we are the image of God. So who are we making visible? God. So what, who God is, is what we are to be. We have the, the nature, we have the potential, we have the power, the grace within us. We simply need to do, right? So give me Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15. I can just, um, so that we can see that. So when we talk about giving, we are saying our Father is a giver. Amen? Our Father is a giver. And our calling is to be His image. To represent Him. Right? And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now I know it's talking about Christ, but Genesis one twenty six says we God made us to be his image, right? The image of God. Right? So Christ in us gives us the potential to do and to be the image of God. It gives us the stuff to make God visible, right? The Afrikaans version says it so nice. And uh, I never forget this one. I don't read the Afrikaans Bible, but when in the Afrikaans it says it, Hij is die sigbare beeld van die onsigbare God. Right? Uh, it klinkt soms so krachtig. <laughs> right? Uh, it, it sounds so, but if I had to translate that into English, he is the visible, right, image of the invisible God, right? And if we have the calling to be his image, then giving is what God does. does uh, is there anybody here that believes that God doesn't give? God gives. And so we are actually talking about that who God is. He is a giver. And so we also must be givers. Our calling is to make God visible. Right? That is, that is what our calling is. It is to make God visible. So when we talk about giving, and God gives in many different ways. Right? But He also gives and richly blesses us materially and uh, financially. 
And God is also a giver. There have been many times that you have desired money for your needs. And God has come through with money for your needs. Right? God also is a giver. Right? He is also a giver. And we must follow the same path that he takes as a giver. So when we talk about giving, we are actually talking about the nature of God. And that part we see is, is the fact in that that description of that giving to someone materially or financially or giving to people in their physical needs, the Bible, one of the, the, the Bible calls it the mercy of God. The description is that it's God's mercy. You, uh, if we, let's go to Luke chapter 10. So, Luke chapter 10 and verses 27. It says, And he answering said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Right? So you will love your neighbor as you Love yourself. Okay? Verse 28. And he said unto him, You have answered right. This do and you shall love. Verse 29. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? So, now verses 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Right? So this is the story of the Good Samaritan. Everybody knows the story of the Good Samaritan? Okay? So the priest went by and the Levite went by. This man fell among thieves. He was stripped of what he had, uh, his clothing, He was wounded and he was left there for half dead, right? Verses 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him, right? Um, Verse 33, he had compassion. So Jesus is talking about loving your neighbor, Who is my neighbor? Love your neighbor as yourself. Who is my neighbor? Jesus is using the story to to show to us what loving our neighbor looks like and what it is um, and how how that plays itself out. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. You know, as the man felt pity, uh, there was the expression of love. He was moved. This compassion is actually the moving um, of our bowels or our emotions to, to act, right? Um, compassion. Verse 34. And he went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and, take, and took care of him. 
So, the, and on the next day when he departed, okay, go verse 35, let me just read it then. Verse 35, it says, and on the, the morrow or the next day when he departed, he took out two pence or two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. Now, how many of you know to do that you need to be resourced? So, if God says to you, love your neighbor, then obviously he wants to resource you to love your neighbor. Because what he's asking of you is, in this, there's the principle. If, you, if there's someone that has a need, got hurt or what, and, and you have it, move, do, help, give. I mean, he paid for him to stay there. And he gave him the money and said, if you spend more, I will again repay you. So, Jesus will repay us. Jesus will reward us for our work so that you can continue walking in his nature of loving your neighbor. Are you all with me? So, when we say love our neighbor, so we are not just... So this loving your neighbor is not just um, oh, how can it with you? How it good? Oh, you're struggling. I'll pray for you. Um, you understand? It's a so when we say we want to love our neighbor, we're saying we want to be a resource center, a people of resource to be able to do. Generous works or good works. Are you all with me? Right? So, loving your neighbor, neighbor has a practical outflow. And it is the ability. I mean, Jesus, uh, the story says the Good Samaritan paid for the man to stay in the inn. Right? Are you, are you all with me? So, so when we talk about loving your neighbor and when we talk about um, being like God, we are talking about we are resourced to do it. So it's not we are resourced spiritually and we are resourced materially. Right? In pouring the oil, that's your spiritual resource. Because oil points towards the Holy Spirit that is in you. Right? Right? Um, binding up his wounds. Let's talk about the person that was hurt. Right? How you are able to bring healing to someone. But then he went and paid for him to stay. So to be wealthy is to be spiritual and physical. Right? Are you all with me? Right? You, can, I, you go read these scriptures and then wrestle with yourself. Right? The, the wrestling that you have there. But let's read on verses 36. Which now of these three do you think was neighbor unto him that fell amongst thieves? Okay? So verses, and then verses 37, look what he says. And he showed mercy on him. He who showed mercy. 
So, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Having compassion, the person has both emotional needs and physical needs. You are resourced to help with both. The spiritual and the physical. Right? And from there then, you... And, and, and what he did was, this Samaritan gave grace. Why? The, thie- the person that fell among thieves did not deserve it. The, that person that fell among thieves did nothing for the Samaritan. The person that fell among thieves could not give it back to Samaritan. The Samaritan did it without expecting it back. And said, I will further give to you whatever you more do for him. I will give to you. And there is no expectation that it should come back my way. Is that true? When you read the story, the man act, he gave grace undeservedly. And in that, the, the, when Jesus answered him and this man answered him back, he said he showed mercy on him. So generosity and the giving of grace is the act of mercy. Are you all with me? Generosity and the giving of grace is the act of mercy. Right? So, when we, now the Bible says, be merciful. As your father is merciful. So, when we talk about the merciful nature of God, we are talking about the generous acts of God. And the giving of grace. So if we are asked, so if we are said, be merciful as God is merciful, Merciful or be perfect like your Father which is in heaven. When we talk about the giving of grace, then we are talking about being like our Father. The first reason why you should give is because that's who your Father is. And your calling is to be like Him. So the first motivation is to reveal God. To show God. To make God visible. Right? And it comes from the one who gives. It comes from the one who decides to give. Right? The one who has said, I will become a giver. Right? And I know that we have, we have said that giving has different ways of giving. We can talk about you give a hug, you give a prayer. Um, think about giving praise to God. When you give praise to God, it's, immediately you're saying it's not about me, it's about Him. Right? You give. You give. Your, your life is, is giving. God so loved the world that He gave. Right? Gave His Son. So, He who was rich became poor yet, so that we through His poverty could become rich. It's a giving attitude and mentality. When we give, we are representing our Father. Okay? And, and, the, and the loving your neighbor is giving not where um, people have earned it. 
deserved it. Right? Because there's a scripture that says, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? If you greet those that only greet you, what reward do you have? So when we say to you, go greet someone that hasn't greeted you, we are actually teaching you how God is. Do you understand? God greets people that don't greet Him. That's what this word says. If you greet, because it goes on to say, be like your father. So if I greet someone that hasn't greeted me, I gave grace because you didn't greet me. But I gave you a greet. Right? And, and in all of that, it goes down to say, and be merciful like your father is. Merciful, because the merciful nature of God is to express it, is expressed in generosity. Free, undeserved. I just do. It's who I am. It's not what people have earned. People don't earn it. It is who I am. I am a giver. You know, and um, the, the, the longer I am journeying with the Lord, the more I'm trying to develop uh, in me a mindset that I expect nothing from no one. You know, my, my father in the faith, Tamu, I heard him once said, many years ago, he said, I expect nothing from you. And I thought, I'd be get off. Why would you say that? But I, but I understand now what he was saying. Because in the expectation that you have of a return is where you get hurt. And if you give to someone expecting from them again, you are focused on yourself. You are not loving. Right? And then, it is there that we get hurt. And I, I, I'm, I've, been, I've been there many times where I say, but Lord, I, I did this. And when they were there in the dust and I was there and I was alongside and, and now now they know where and then, then the Lord said to me but you are seeking for honor but honor comes from me let me honor you the Bible says everything you do do it unto the Lord for from the Lord you will receive the reward then the scripture goes on to say that the scripture goes on to say where it talks about love. If you only love those that, if you love someone that loves you, Jesus says, what reward do you have? For sinners do the same. You say, if you greet only those who greet you, sinners do the same. If you give only to those that give, sinners if, then it says, if you lend to those who will lend back to you, sinners do the same. But then it goes on to say, but our Father is good to the unthankful. Right? Now, maybe we should read that. 
Matthew chapter 6. Sorry, no, Luke chapter 6. This is why the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So our goal, while there is a, a way in which it comes back to you, but our focus is generosity. Are you all with me? Luke chapter 6, verses 32. If you love them which love you, what thank do you have? For sinners also love those that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Right? Verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward. Now, okay, let me just say this. Okay, you're lending. But if, if someone comes to you say, Leon, for me, I'll tell you. You are to keep your word. Let's just also say that. You must keep your word. Don't come to somebody and say, Ek leen geld. Ek sal het vir jou teruggeer. And then say to him, You lend to me, but you shouldn't expect back. No, no. You should, You should understand that if you say, I will give you back. Jesus said, Let your yes be your yes, and your no be your no. If you say, I will lend from you, and I will give back to you, keep your word. Right? Leave it up to the person to decide whether they will. Right? Whether they will show you mercy. And your reward will be great. So there is a reward. And you will be sons of the most high representation, image, sonship. Right? For he is kind to the unthankful. And evil. Right? So that is the merciful nature of God expresses itself through generosity. Because everything that Jesus told you to do is to do it in a way that you expect nothing in return. That is the giving of grace. It is the merciful nature of God. Right? So the, one of the first reasons why we give is because we are called to do it. Are you all with me? We are called to be generous givers. And, and so, when we do that, we are expressing God. So, be sons. We are all the sons of God. Be sons. Be like your father. Be like your father. Do it in the measure that you can. But I, what, I, what I want to do is I want to show you from Scripture that when we do take up this, this uh, calling of being a son and showing the merciful nature of God, which expresses itself through acts of generosity or the giving of grace, which means that we must be resourced to do it, right? So God would not 
expect you to do something and not resource you. So God will not call you to be someone that will will pray for people and their healing and they will get healed from their from their diseases without gracing you, giving you the grace to heal. If God has called us to be His image, He will not call you to be His image if He does not give you His nature. Right? As the Bible says, we are partakers of the divine nature. So God is the one that always resources the one that takes upon Him to make Him visible. God will not ask you to do something and not resource you to do it. So if we are saying that we must be merciful, we will understand that God will resource us to be merciful. Right? It starts first with the emotion inside, the compassion, but it is expressed, right? And that compassion is also you being resourced, right? It's the nature of God expressing itself, but when you give physically, God also resources. Are you all with me? Are you all with me? Right. So let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 8. So the, the first reason that we give is that we give because we are like our Father. It's our calling. It's your first and most important calling. Okay? So let's read Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. So... Uh, as I said to you before, when Paul wrote the book, 2 Corinthians 2, the church in Corinth, Corinth was a city. Okay? Are you all with me? Corinth was a city. And Paul wrote to the church in that city. And, but when Paul came to Corinth, Corinth already was. A wealthy city. Are you all with me? Because when you look, when you do your, when you do your background check and you check, you know, who these people were, what Corinth was and so on. Many people say that the, the Corinthian church was a wealthy church. Okay? Wealthy church. But they were not wealthy because they followed God's way. They were wealthy because they were that before. Are you all with me? Okay, so the if you re, I wrote you that Corinth was known as a major center of trade and culture in the Bible. The city was located in a strategic location that allowed for trade between the east and the west. Corinth was also known for its temple of Aphrodite, which was one of the seven wonders. Of the ancient world. So Corinth itself, when Paul came there, was already a wealthy city in trade because it was like a trade center, it was a place, it was like a hub, it was a go through place, right? And so they were already well. So when Paul came there and preached, the people that, many of the people that converted to Christ was already, already was wealthy. So Paul, on his second visit to Macedonia, which is not Corinth, comes to Macedonia, and the people that have poverty, 
They're, they were challenged financially, challenged materially, right? These people gave more than those who had the wealth. And so Paul comes to, to, to Macedonia, sees these people giving, and then is amazed by their giving, and then uses them as an example to teach those that have more than where he is currently, to teach them to give. Are you all with me? Right? So, let's read verse 1. And now we give you good news, brothers, about the grace of God, which has been given to the churches of Macedonia. Right? Um, How while they were undergoing every sort of trouble, and were in the greatest need, they took all the greater joy in being able to give freely to the needs of others. So these people, this church, the Macedonian church, was challenged, right? And yet, they were bigger givers than those that had the money. Right? Are you all with me? And that sometimes, that sometimes is, a, is a case that we see so often. Those who have, give less. As Jesus said, when he was sitting there at the basket, when they were coming, those who gave out of their abundance, and the woman who gave that last little bit that she had, Jesus didn't say she shouldn't have done that. Jesus simply said she gave more. Right? Okay? So, in when, when Paul is now writing to the Corinthian church, he is trying to motivate a people that have and had it before they came to Christ and now in Christ and because they didn't follow the, the way of Christ and simply by trading they became wealthy, right? They were, give, they were people who gave less than people who had, who were in a worse situation than they were. Are you all with me? Okay. It's very tight in here this morning. Um, So, so when we, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I ask you to read the chapter 8, read chapter 9. I know I have told you that you can give a hug, you can give a prophecy. Those are all givings of grace. But this chapter 8 and chapter 9 is talking about giving financially and materially. Okay? I need to say that from the start so that you look at it properly when you read it. I have read this chapter, I can't tell you how many times. These two chapters, over and over, over and over. Lord, I don't want to make this about money. But the Bible does talk about money, right? And, and it is probably the first time that we are going to discuss money in this way. It's the first time in the way that we are going to discuss it. Right? And so, what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that, that, that this chapter, these two chapters, is talking up when it talks about the grace of giving. It is talking about Financially and materially. Now you can say, 
But I don't want to give financial, I'll just give material, ek sal die kost gekoop. But you still need to use money. It's, it doesn't matter how you say it. You still need to use money to buy food. Right? So, um, so when we read these chapters, you've got to understand that I am not talking about your prof- you giving a prophecy. So when we say grow in this grace, we are not talking about your prophecy that you give. We are not talking about the, the, the gift of healing that you have to pray for someone and give that. Right? Okay? Are you all with me? We are talking about the grace of giving materially and financially. Are we all okay? Right? That is what we, we are talking about right here. So as we read, as we read here, they gave freely to the needs of others. In other words, the grace that Paul was seeing was the grace that made them joyful. No matter how tough it was, they were full of joy. That was the evidence of grace. And then the other grace that displayed itself was the grace to give to the needs of others in spite of where they found themselves. But when you study, when you study the churches of Macedonia, the Philippian church, when you study the Thessalonians, which was, the, the Macedonia was like a province of Rome, right? And in that there were cities. And one of the cities was Philippi, which was a chief city, Thessalonica, and Berea, and there were two others. These three, the, the, the Bereans, the Philippians, and the Thessalonians, they were churches of Macedonia. So, go, go do your own research, right? Do the work of a Berean. Be noble like them, right? Study the scriptures to see if what we are saying is true. When you study the Philippian church and the Thessalonian church, you will find that they always had their needs met. Even though they were challenged. Right? And so, so we might not necessarily be talking about you becoming a billionaire. But we are talking about the nature of God that must express itself through you which is the acts of generosity and, and mercy, which God will always resource you to do. Right? And to the measure that you grow in that grace, is to the measure that you will be able to give. Are you all with me? Okay? So, the Bible talks about grow in the grace. In other words, Increase in your capacity to give. As you increase your capacity, God resources you. Because God will not ask you to be merciful and yet not resource you to do it. Are you all with me? Are you all with me? So, um, let's read on verses 3. For I give them witness that as they were able, even more than they were able, they gave from the impulse of their hearts. So, this Macedonian church did not only give from what they had to give. They gave sometimes, sometimes they did what Jesus did. He emptied himself of the current grace that he had. 
right? Um, and, and in that, in that God resourced him. Now what you see here is that this Macedonian church did not only give out of what they had, they also sometimes gave that when they gave, they had to trust God for themselves. Okay? Are you all with me? So, when Paul writes to the Corinthian church, his advice to the Corinthian church is, give out of what you have. Right? Don't burden yourself and ease someone else. But that's not what the Macedonian church did. They went beyond what Paul was telling Corinth, the Corinthian church. They gave from what they had, and sometimes even that they went beyond that. Right? So, verses 4. Seriously requesting us that they might have part in this grace of being servants to the needs of the saints. Right? I chose a different version because if I use the old King James version, I will have to explain almost every word. You know, because the, the, la- the words that they use is, is quite difficult. Right? And I don't want to explain all those words and then get lost in the explanation of words. So this one says, part in this grace. In the King James it says that they would receive this gift so the grace, the part in this grace is, is that they wanted Paul and them to receive that giving, that offering that they gave for the needs of the saints. Okay? Give it to the needs of the saints. And they wanted to participate. So they didn't only want Paul to travel to a place that was needy and then just minister the gospel But they wanted to participate as he is ministering to the spiritual needs. They wanted to participate in in, in helping Paul to give also the material needs to them. So in this, Paul was busy with the administration of grace. And so he was not only giving the word of grace. He was not only providing healing that was needed or emotional healing, he was also able by the giving of the Macedonian church to meet also and give the grace of meeting the physical needs. Are you all with me? Right? So verses 5. And going even farther than our hope, they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us after the purpose of God. Okay? Okay? So we spoke about giving yourself to the Lord. Um, the, the measure to which you give yourself to the Lord is to the measure that you are able to give also materially. Right? And going even farther than our hope. They f- okay, sorry. Verse 6. So that we made a request to Titus that as he had made a start before, so he might make this grace complete in you. Yeah, Paul is saying... I, I am sending Titus so that he could... That word complete means to perform also. It means to finish, accomplish. So Paul says, I'm sending Titus for what reason? To come and teach you how to give. That's why Paul was sending Titus. I'm going to send him so that 
what you originally said you would do. Right? So that that grace would actually be working in you. Because if you read on in the chapter, Paul says, I sent, I sent people ahead because when I was with you, you said, You said, we want to give. And then Paul says, I went to the Macedonian church. When I came to them, I was boasting about you that said you wanted to give. But now, I'm going to come to you again. And when I come, I would like to take actually the offering that you promised. That's what Paul is saying. That you promised. But when I come, I'm going to come with some brothers from Macedonia. Now, I already boasted about you. Now, I don't want to come there on the scene and then find you guys are empty-handed and, and be embarrassed. And then he says, not that you will be embarrassed, but that I would be embarrassed because I boasted about you. And so I thought it necessary, he says, to send somebody in advance so that they would prepare your offering. Right? To prepare your offering. And so I'm sending Titus ahead so that he can accomplish it. He can fulfill it. How many times do people say, Lord, bless me and then I will bless. Lord, if you enrich me, then I will give. Just give me more and I will give. And so we wait until we have more before we give, only to have more and never give. And then all it was was talk. But we never went ahead and did it. And Paul is saying, don't wait until you have. Start walking in the grace of giving. And God will resource you as a storehouse to give. Right? Don't wait until you have. Because most of the time, I think it is 99%. uh, I've been now in ministry about 15 years and working with people. Most of the people, 99, 90, okay, maybe I'm a little, let's go 95%. 95% of people who said, Pastor, pray for me that the Lord bless me, I want to give. When they are blessed, never give. Walk away with the blessing. Alright? So what I'm saying to you, when we say give, I'm not saying to you expect your brother to give to you. Are you all with me? So when we say give, I'm not saying go to your brother, go to your sister and say give to me. I'm saying you must understand that it doesn't matter where you find yourself. You must give. Right? It doesn't matter. This, these people, Paul says, they had deep poverty. And they gave from where they found themselves. They did not wait until they were wealthy to give. Because those who were wealthy, the Corinthian church, gave less than those. Paul actually says uh, an amazing thing. I think Second Corinthians chapter 11 Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 7. 
Or did I do wrong in making myself low so that you might be lifted up? Because I gave you the good news of God without a reward. So Paul understood that he must preach the word of God without putting a price to it. So he preached freely. But when he came to the Corinthian church, because they were wealthy, he took a a stance, a position and said, I will not ask or talk and tell them to give. I will rather minister to them and never expect anything from them. Right? Are you all with me? He says, did I wrong you in that? Then verses 8. I took money from other churches as payment for my work so that I might be your servant. And, and so Paul is saying, um, in, in the King James it says, I robbed other churches. Okay? He didn't really rob them. Right? They gave to him. They gave to him. And if you, and you remember in Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, he said, it was difficult. They had to beg us to receive the gift. He didn't want to take it. But, he, but they pressed and said, listen, we want to give. And so they gave, right? So, and so, verses 9, read verse 9. And when I was present with you, the Corinthian church, they that had, I was in need. And let no... I let no man be responsible for me, for the brothers. For the brothers, when they came from Macedonia, gave me whatever was needed. And in everything, I kept myself from being a trouble to you. And I will go on doing so. So it's not that Paul never received right um, financial giving or support to the needs of his ministry. He did, but at certain places with the Corinthian church, where there was people that had, it is there that they chose rather not to take, and rather take from others, right? So this Macedonian church, they were givers, right? But now Paul is coming to people who have, and now he's saying, you said you would give. Where is your giving now? Right? And so I'm saying, I'm saying that don't wait until you have to give. Give what you have. And give it freely. Right? You said things in your heart. How many times have you prayed and said, Lord, just help me and I will be a blessing. But you, when you were helped, never went as far as to be a blessing. Right? So, this is why, and this is where Jesus says, He that is faithful in the little will be faithful in the much. So, you don't wait for the much. You practice with the little that you have so that God would increase you in that practice of your, the grace of giving. So as you grow in the measure of that grace of giving, you will remain faithful. Are you all with me? Okay? 
So go, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So you find that the Macedonian church, despite of whether they always gave. And when you read the book of Philippians chapter 4, Paul says to the Philippian church, which was the Macedonian church, he said, no one, no one came close to giving and receiving but you guys. So in the practice of giving, there is also a receiving. But our focus is not receiving. Our focus is in representing God, in giving. Right? Okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Where were we? Let's read verses, verses 7. So Paul in verses, verses 6 said, I'm sending Titus and I want him now. To take the readiness that was in your heart to give and actually cause you to give. I want this grace to be completed in you. Okay. So we are reading the scriptures together. Verses 7. And that as you are full of every good thing, of faith, of the word, of knowledge and of ready mind and of love to us. So that you may be full of this grace in the same way. So he says, now he's speaking to the Corinthian church. He's not talking about the Macedonian church. He's saying to the Corinthian church, there you have, he says, you guys are full of the word, full of knowledge, full of faith, full of love. You have love towards us. But listen, I want you to grow in the grace, in this grace of giving materially. So he's not talking about us giving our revelation, us giving our teaching, which is a giving, right? Some people will actually keep back their revelation and say, you know, give, right? But he's saying, in spite of all of those things, in fact, the Corinthian church had the gift of healings, there were many gifts that were operating them. And he says, all those things, but I want you to give financially. Right? Okay? In the same way. But you are taught so that you understand how to give. Right? Let's read on verses 8. And I speak not by commandment, or I'm not giving you an order, but using the ready mind of others as a test of the quality of your love. Right? So, for you see the... For you see the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, how, how though he had wealth, he became poor on your account, so that through his need, you might have wealth. So, he's using Jesus as an example. He says, take what you have and start. Take what you have and start. Alright? So, verses 10 and in this I give my opinion, for it, is your, for it is to your profit. It is to your profit. It is expedient for you. It's beneficial for you, right? Who were the first to, to make a start a year before, not only to do this, but to make clear that your minds were more than ready to do it. Again is now... Touching on the subject of you, you have made this statement when I was with you. You said we should give. 
and so on. And I am just, I'm just coming because of what you said. Come, give, do, do what you said. Verses 11. Then make the doing of it complete so that as you had a ready mind, you may give effect to it as you are able. So there was a readiness in you. Get ready and, and do what you said you wanted to do. Verses 12. For if there is a ready mind, a man will have God's approval in the measure of what he has and not what he, ha- what he has not. Okay? So, I am not saying this so that others may get off free while the weight comes on you. So, he's saying, in the King James it says, I am not asking you to give so that others, are, so that you will be burdened by your giving and then others are eased. Right? But, what many times happen in this current situation that you find yourself, And in your increase, you only increase your expenses. And then you come back to the same point where you are unable to give. That, now you can say, this var. Because in our increase, we increase our expenses because our motivation, we do not have a motivation in this area of serving God. So our increase... So when I talk about giving, I'm not talking about spending. I'm talking about giving. I'm not talking about spending. Because in our increase, our spending increases, but not our giving. Right? Now, it's not wrong to increase with yourself. That is what God does. I am saying develop the stewardship where you steward both giving and receiving for yourself. And in that, God, as you grow, you will have more for yourself, but you'll also have more to give. Right? Why? Because I have developed a stewardship. This is, this is why when lockdown started, one of the first things I did, I said, no man, I can't increase and then my giving is less. So I started to keep record. Not, I used to keep record of what came in so that I could tithe, so I could know what my tithe is. Right? But then I decided, no, I'm going to keep record of my giving as well so that I can determine where my heart is. Because I do a self-check. And if, my, if I'm increasing financially... But and my spending on myself is increasing, then my heart is with myself. So what happened was, I as I checked, as I gave, I saw that I was giving at least 40% away of my income, which included the tithe, and then from there, blessing my spiritual father, and then from there, I also gave. I did it in that way. And eventually I found that I was giving away 40% and I was having still all my needs met. When I started, I wasn't there. I was maybe just giving my 10%, the tithe, and then a little bit of an offering here and a little bit here. But the majority, I was probably at 80, 90% 
No, okay, if I gave 10, so around about 80%. 20% was away, 80% was on myself and on my needs. And I turned it around and said, I have to check where my heart is. The reality is, and we many times may not like that, the reality is, Jesus did say, not I said it, Jesus said it, right? Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. You want to know you love God? Show me by the way that you give. Right? Are you all with me? Because that's where the heart is. So, so Paul here is, is saying, okay, don't do that. Now, I agree with him. I would give you the same advice. I would say, don't give and burden yourself. But I know that I many times don't even practice that. I many times just, I would just give what I have and trust. I mean, I did it just recently on my, on my trip to, um, just before I went to Malawi and I went to, um, Tumep. I mean, I had to take the money that I had and I had to, I didn't have the money to go to Malawi. The, the money wasn't there. And I needed to trust the Lord to go to Malawi. And I had money, and my mindset said to me, How do you Tell Clifford, I can't come. Take this money, keep it, so at least you have money then to, to already build up the money that you need to go to Malawi. That's, that's what my mind was telling me. But then I said to myself, but that's not how the Lord taught me. Right? Okay, obviously I, I do function a little bit different than I think most of you because of the, the way that my money comes. Okay? I don't, I don't really live just by my salary. I live beyond my salary by trusting the Lord. So, um, what I did was, and I said to myself, no, because I knew this money is already the half of my ticket. My ticket was 20,000. I said, this 10 is half of my ticket. If I go to Tumep now, at least 70% of that money is finished. So I, so I said, but that's not how the Lord taught me. You said to me, I must travel. You said I must go. This is what you said. And I did it. Alright? So then I said, okay. I'm not going to tell him that. I'm just going to come. He won't even know. He won't even know what's happening. Right? And probably even 99% of you didn't even know I was in a place like that. Alright? Because I do what Paul does. No person here can tell me, I came to you and said, I don't have food, please give me. There is not one person. I would rather not, rather eat butter and bruit and swart coffee than ask you. Right? Are you all understanding? Because we take a position, because if I tell you, you can trust God, then I will tell you, you can trust Him. Because I do it. So, I don't see coming to you, asking you, and then stand you and say, trust God. 
you would, if, you, if you knew I asked you, you would say, Zaydan, in your mind you would say, but then you then asked me. It's true. So, sometimes we have to be like what Paul says. Right? Um, not taking, not asking, because we put our trust in the Lord. And you know what I did? I took that money, put in the petrol, went to Tsumet, put in petrol, bought, bought them things, took the money that I had. I learned that I must use what I have. Okay? In my situation, that's how I operate. Okay? I'm not saying that you must do that. Right? There is wisdom to be applied. But I did that. I came back with that. While, sorry, while I was there, then Kuobas came to me and said, you know what, he's decided he's going to pay my ticket. Then he paid my ticket to Malawi. Then he said, but you must at least, uh, then you must pay the, the accommodation. Then he said, do you have the money? I said, yeah, no, I'll pay the accommodation. I didn't have the money. <laughs> I had the 3,000 left. But the 3,000, I know, we are going to Malawi. I'm going to Malawi. That, that money I must leave for the family. For the limit yet. And they must go on while I'm away. So I went to Malawi. The week goes by. And um, I got an... Um, Ryan them gave an offering. And I told them, no, don't give it to me. Put it in the church's account. But just reference it for the ministry trip. And uh, so then I'm there. And as I'm there on the ministry, so it's the second day on Tuesday. And we're inviting, it's Tuesday night, we're inviting all the pastors. And our culture amongst us, which we have learned from Tamu, is that you, you sit at the table, we don't split the bill, you pay it. You know? And if it gives you stress, go through the stress. Right? <laughs> Learn to, you know, no, literally. Tom will say, learn to develop yourself. If you just have it comfort, you're not growing. So sometimes we put the, we put the discomfort upon ourselves. Nobody forces it upon us. We put our own discomfort that we may grow, create capacity. Right? And then it was the second night. And they, we invited other pastors. It's now not just us. And it was the biggest bill at that stage. And I decided I'm paying this bill. So I went secretly to the waiter. I paid the bill. Right? Knowing that my accommodation must still be paid. When Friday came to pay the accommodation, I didn't, I didn't have the money for the accommodation, just so you know. Friday came to pay for the accommodation. Kubus was so excited about how well it went with the conference and the openness of the, the, the spirit that was present and he could feel the shift and so on. And he said, no, I'm, we are going to pay for you and Salvin that came, your accommodation. We paid it already. There the accommodation was paid. Right? So, um, in giving, you understand, and the needs are met. So when I'm talking about these things, you may be getting copsier, but I'm telling you, this thing works. It works. But what you must do is do what the Berenians did. Search 
the scriptures that we are reading. Read it for yourself. Read it in context. Right? Read it in, in the situation and so on. This thing works. How long have I been talking? Somebody just check there for me. Um, right, so, verses 14. Okay, so while that scripture says, give out of what you have, sometimes you've got to understand that you must create capacity. You must start with what you have. So it says, but so that these things may be equal, that from those things of which you have more than enough at the present time, their need may be helped, and that, that if you are in any need, they may be a help to you in the same way, making things equal. Just check there, it's just not one of our cards. Okay. So, in verses 40, what he's basically saying is, when God blesses the one more than the other, and the other one has a lack, let the other one understand that the increase that of his abundance is so that God can use him to help those who have lack. Now, you've got to read it carefully. He didn't say when you see someone else increasing, it's your opportunity to ask them. Read it. That's not what it says. It says the person that's increased must understand that he's increasing not only for himself, but so that God can use him in the acts of mercy. All right? Hello? Say again. Oh, an hour and 20 minutes. Wow. Okay. Let me, let me bring it to a close. Okay. So, yeah. Let me, let me, let me just say this. We won't read on you. We'll continue later on. What I want to say to you is that when we talk about the grace of giving, what I'm coming to understand more and more and more and more. I, God sometimes opens up other things to me and then I find myself coming back to the same place where of what is in us. And I, and I realize that Jesus says, where is the kingdom of God? In you. Where is the Holy Spirit? In you. Where is the grace? In you. Where is Christ? In you. Where is all the things that you, the, the spiritual thing is it in you. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing where? In heavenly places. That means in your spirit. Right? Heavenly places is the realm of the spirit. The way of the kingdom is this. Just give me that five minutes. The way of the kingdom, and this that I'm going to say to you is crucial. Listen carefully. The way of the kingdom, the way the kingdom works Jesus explained it in one, in one uh, chapter in Matthew, I think it's 23 uh, or 25. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain man who traveled to a far country. And when he came to the far country, he's explaining how the kingdom works. He traveled to a far country and he gave to the one five talents. To the other one, three. Or is it two? And to the other one, one talent. And then the Bible says, and he gave according to every man's ability. 
So we all have called for different things, grace for different things, according to the ability he has given to you, grace. This certain man, and then it says, and then he left, right? And then the Bible says that the one who had five took the five and weighed and made another five. And the, Bible, and the word that they use there is he traded with the five. And the other one traded with the two. And the other one took the one and never traded. Just kept it to himself. And was hoping to give God back what he gave. Or to give to the man what he gave to him. Just give it back. Right? And he says when he returns, he returns to receive a kingdom. Right? And I, and I looked at it and I said, wow. The way God works is that he gives you things by grace. And the workings that you want to see, the increase that you want to see, is dependent upon how you work with what you were given. So, the word trade there means work, labor. It means employment. It means business. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. So, the way the kingdom works is this. Listen to me. This is like, this is like change. It makes you help to understand why God would tell you to give. Because what he's saying is is that, Jesus is saying, don't ask me to move in your life. Use what I gave to you so that I can move in your life. Listen very carefully to that. I'm telling you, you're not waiting for God to move. God moves in your move. If you lay hands, it's his hands. So, the, what God does is, what God, if you have the gift of healing, don't wait for God to heal someone. God will heal someone when you lay your hands on the person and pray. Then God will move. Because where does God work? God works from within. God, the Father who dwells, in me works. So if you don't see God working, it's because you never work. You never work what you have. So when it comes to grace, God is saying, see what you already have as grace and take the grace and work it by giving. And in that you will find that in the work you could increase. Ephesians 3.20, it says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think of us according to the power that works in us. In other words, if God is not working, it's not because you are waiting for Him. It's because He's waiting for you to work Him. I know that may sound very strange. You're like, how can I work God? But listen to me. He says the his, it's His power in you. And He says His power that is able to do according to His ability only works according to how it can work through you. I'm more and more, I'm coming to realize we are not waiting for God. God is waiting for us. 
But the mindset of poverty is this. Ek heti. That's why I don't do. But when you get delivered from the mindset of poverty and you realize that in Christ you are rich with grace, then you start distributing the grace. That's the very thing that what, what the communion is telling us. Take the bread that you got and break it. Distribute it. You have grace. The way of the kingdom is this. The way of the kingdom is this. Is that you got to take what you have and work it. Lord, I would like to give more. Work it. Back in the days, that's what the Lord said to my wife. They said one day she was like, Lord, I, I feel so. Sometimes I just want to help people and give. And, and the Lord gave her the scripture of the, of the widow woman who gave her last and how the Lord will continue to give her to give. The Lord was just saying, just take what you have and start. Right? Very, very important. Listen to me. What God does in your life is based upon how you work what he has given to you. You are not waiting for God. You've been waiting and you're still waiting. That's because God works from here. If he can't work through you, he's not working in and around you. You'll have to use somebody first to come and work in you. So Peter, get out of the boat. As you get out of the boat, I will get out with you. Get the five loaves. Take the five loaves, break it and distribute it. As you distribute it, I will multiply it. Oh, the year five days and men God had gewerk. Oh no, ma. How did he work? Because you worked it. You started it. Jesus said this. And this is my final word. Jesus said this. Listen. Listen very carefully. Jesus said this. If you can't believe that the Father is in me and that I'm in the Father, at least then believe for the work's sake. In other words, the works that you see happening around me is proof that he's in me. Then he also said, the works that I do is not me that's doing it, but the Father that is doing it. He says, do you see healings? Do you see the feeding of the 5,000? Do you see me walking on water? He says, the Father is doing it, but I am the one that's walking on the water. In other words, God works with you. This is why God will come and say to you, it doesn't matter where you find yourself, give. Why? Because work just a little that I've given to you. Amen? Are you all with me? Let's stand. You've got to understand that you have to be a giver. And you know, we, 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 these are always 
sensitive topics, but I, I kind of just have to say it, you know, the way it is. Work. Work the grace of giving. Don't wait until you have more. Okay? But allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Okay? Don't be... I, we teach principles, but in the principle you must be led by the Spirit. Okay? So there are times the Holy Spirit will say to me, empty your account. And we did it. And then, miraculously, everything got met. Right? Um, so, this is not a force. This is an understanding that you must receive. Okay? And you must hear what the Spirit is saying to you.